What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. I appreciate everyone who's been tuning in and showing my podcast support. Appreciate all those who have been tuning in to my live sessions on Instagram. Some really great content on there. If you haven't done so already, please go and give that page a follow at English Encore Podcast. All one word. Really trying to get up to 400 followers by the end of June. So if you can help me do that, it would be greatly appreciated. I'm going to be working on some giveaways and promotions at the end of the month, including a jersey giveaway, which I'll detail later this month. I am going to be making a little bit of a tweak to this weekend's plans for my live session um, because Father's Day is this weekend on Sunday. I'm going to be switching things up and I will not be having a live session on Saturday or Sunday. However, next week I'm going to be doing two live sessions. Both of the guests I have are already lined up. I'm going to be announcing my first guest, which will be on Wednesday this week for a podcast live session. In about an hour, hour and a half from now on Instagram. So go and give that page a follow and look there for my guest for Wednesday. And then I'll be having another guest next Sunday who I already have lined up as well. I'll announce that later next week, probably on Thursday to get all that lined up. Today we'll be doing an interesting topic. I'm going to be going through the NBA, NHL, MLB, and NFL and talking about a player or two in each of those sports who... Either their careers got cut short because of injury or they had a good career, but there were injuries throughout and could have had an even better career and who I think would have had a remarkable career had injuries not affected them. And then after that, I'm just going to be kind of going a general consensus about what's going on around the world right now as far as the MLB, NFL, um, with COVID cases and whatnot, and kind of talk a little bit about that. So... Starting off with the NBA, you can obviously go through and get tons of players from all of the big four sports about players whose careers would have been different if they weren't injured. Um, But the two guys I want to talk about as far as the NBA, ironically, are both from the same team, drafted-wise at least. So starting off with Greg Oden. Greg Oden was one of the biggest hyped-up number one picks Um in recent memory, after LeBron James, you know, there wasn't too many guys where when they come out, they have a ton of hype around them. Odin was one of them just based on how big he was. Um, some people compared him to a Shaq-type body where he was going to be a dominant post player. Um, he only played one year at Ohio State, but averaged 16 points, 10 rebounds, and 3 blocks per game, which is why the Blazers selected him number one overall. He was the consensus number one pick. However, in eight years, he only played 105 games in the NBA. He missed his rookie year after knee surgery, and he had two more knee surgeries after that in following years. He was eventually cut by the Blazers in 2012. Um, He did sign with the Miami Heat and play for a little bit for them during the 13-14 season before ending his NBA career. And he was one of those guys where if he didn't have knee injuries, he could have been one of the most dominant bigs we've seen in a long time. 
I don't know how it would have translated to today's game just because you see now in the NBA currently, it's a lot more shooting threes. You see a lot more big guys, whether it's the power forward, small forward, or even center position with great ball handling skills. You look at the Porzingis's, the Carl Anthony Towns, those type of players who actually have good handles where when Greg Oden got drafted, he was still in the back end of an era where bigs were still pretty relevant. You had guys like Tim Duncan who could post you up and do jumpers, fadeaways around the basket. You know, Shaq, even though it was late in his career, was still able to do some things in the post around that time. Um, like I said, now big men aren't as utilized that way. I mean, look at the Nikola Jokic's, um, those guys who are just great passers. There's not really um, a lot of NBA guys right now that are just going to back you down, put you in the post, and be a threat. The only few guys I can think of is Andre Drummond of the Cavs and Hassan Whiteside of the Blazers does it quite a bit as well. Those are really the only two guys that come to my mind as far as really true big post body players. So it would have been interesting to see what Greg Oden's career would have turned out to be, especially if they would have kind of maintained being bad for a few years, even with Oden, because he did end up missing that season. Um, If he would have stayed healthy after that, who knows if they would have gotten Damian Lillard still, CJ McCollum, if they did get those guys and paired them with a healthy Greg Oden, they would have been a real force in the West. And then the other guy from the Blazers was Brandon Roy. Brandon Roy was a guy that so many people just wish he would have never gotten hurt because he had the making of a superstar. And I really wanted to talk about Derrick Rose, but Derrick Rose is currently still playing, and he's really rejuvenating his career. I think everyone kind of knows that if Derrick Rose never got hurt, he was going to be one of the best to ever do it and still could be. Um, but injuries kind of derailed his career a little bit. But I want to talk about Brandon Roy specifically because he was a three-time All-Star Rookie of the Year, and he retired in 2011. He averaged 37 minutes per game in three of the six seasons he played. So you could tell that he was on the court a lot, probably did a big toll on his body, especially for the type of player he was, where he had to really do a lot of dribbling and create a lot of space for himself, just the way he shot the ball. To get a good shot off. He was very good at getting into the paint. He took a lot of you know, body shots. Because in that era. It's a, it was a lot tougher than it is now. This era is very soft as far as. When you get into the paint. You could barely get touched. And you're getting called for flagrants. And that era. you know, With the Steven Jacksons. The Matt Barnes. Those guys of the world. If you're not bringing it strong to the paint. You're going to get clothesline. Knocked to the floor. Things like that. So Brandon Roy's body kind of just ate up at him. So he decided to retire in 2011. He did attempt to come back in 2012, but he only made it five games before he ended up having to have knee surgery, and he called it a career after that when he played with the Timberwolves. But it was just very sad to see because I really loved Brandon Roy's game. Um, he was a good fit for Portland with that team, you know, an up-and-coming LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, they had Greg Oden, obviously, but he never really did anything for them. So it would have been interesting, and it's very sad for the Blazers. Obviously, they have Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum now, and they're definitely destined for great things for at least the next six, seven years with those guys there. 
and they may never win a championship, but they're always going to be a playoff contender. And it would have been really interesting to see what Brandon Roy and Greg Oden could have done together if they both would have stayed healthy. Um, I think they could have had a really good chance of bringing the Blazers a title. But those are some of just the guys in the NBA I wish would have been able to stay healthy throughout their career. Moving on to the NFL, it's very tough because there's a, a lot of guys that because of the nature of the NFL and how violent it is and all the hits and everything can do a lot on your body. Um, the one guy that I want to talk about is Andrew Luck, just because his retirement was so shocking. Um, if you weren't there during you know the time when the Bears and Colts were playing in preseason and Luck was on the sideline and the news got leaked and the Colts fans actually booed him, which I thought was just absolutely wrong. And after he gave such a heartwarming goodbye to Indianapolis, and you could just tell that he wasn't the same player after his injuries, but I never thought he was going to walk away just because the team, the Colts team in general, is just continuing to get better. Frank Wright's a great coach. Their defense is constantly improving. You know, T.Y. Hilton, they just got Jonathan Taylor in this year's draft, and they were coming off a year in which they just lost you know, the Chiefs in a very tough game in the playoffs. Like, they were a few players away from being a Super Bowl contender, but, you know, Luck decides to hang it up in 2019. He had a kidney injury in 2015. 2017, he missed the entire season with a shoulder injury. He was banged up during the 2018 season. And then 2019, there was rumors about whether he was going to be ready for the season or not. Maybe he'd be ready by like week three. That's why they went and got Jacoby Brissett. And then the news breaks that he retired. And, you know, just listening to his press conference and why he did it, he just said that the injuries took the fun away from him. And there's always still a thought in the back of my mind that he might come back in a year from now just because he'll have a couple seasons to get fully healthy and maybe he'll get that urge to come back kind of like Gronk did after sitting out for a year um, especially at the quarterback position when those players um, you know careers tend to be longer than any other NFL players because they're not getting hit as much but Andrew Luck retirement is very significant just because he had the talent of being a top 15 20 quarterback of all time and to see him leave the game early because of nagging injuries and the fun taken away from him and you know the constant battle of getting back to being 100% healthy for a team that it wasn't like Andrew Luck was on you know a Jets or um the Browns or something where they aren't gonna make the playoffs or really weren't contending for Super Bowls he was on a team that was making the playoffs pretty consistently. And like I said before, was a player or two away from making, you know, a Super Bowl run and winning a championship. So to see him retire early was just very sad and um, obviously wish him nothing but the best. Um, hopefully he'll get back into the NFL maybe one day or at least he'll come back to the NFL as a coach. I mean, he's a very, very intelligent guy. Um, I could definitely see him being a quarterback's coach or offensive coordinator. Um, just very sad to see that he had to leave the game early. As far as the NHL goes, um, I think of the four major sports, NHL hasn't had as many big players that his career has got um, shortened by injury. If anything, there's a lot of players 
that if they didn't get hurt, they would have had even better careers. I think like Bobby Orr, um, I didn't do him just because he is one of the greatest players of all time, even with injuries. And the guy I talk, I'm about to talk about is kind of the same way in Pat LaFontaine. Um, he has 1,013 points in 865 games, which is incredible. He played 15 NHL seasons. However, he played 22 games or less four times, and concussions really hurt his career. And he would have easily scored, you know, 100, 200 more goals if he didn't get hurt the way he did with concussions. Who knows? Maybe he would have went and won a Stanley Cup with another team. Um, you know, he had a lot of great years in Buffalo, but concussions really derailed him towards the end of his career. And I really just would have loved to seen him play, you know, those 60 more games, those four other seasons, because it's not like it is now where NHL, you have guys that get over the hundred point mark, maybe reach 120 if you're lucky. Back in that day, you were getting guys scoring the 160 to 180 points in a season, which was just absurd. And you're not going to probably ever see that again um, just because of, you know, the goalie equipment was a lot different. You know, the pace and space on the ice was a completely different game. A lot more big bodies. Um, it's definitely not as physical of a game as it was back in those times. So um, I think it would have been interesting to see what LaFontaine could have done, done excuse me, if he um, got to play a full 82 games for those four seasons. I think his stats would have been even better, and he'd probably be in a conversation among even more elite. Not that he's not a great player already, but I think his name could have been thrown up into a greater conversation for one of the best players of all time. MLB was pretty easy for me, to be completely honest. I went with Ken Griffey Jr. Just because of the things he could have accomplished if he didn't suffer so many injuries um, was just amazing. Like, the guy finishes with 630 career home runs. The all-time leader is Barry Bonds with 762. Anyone who doesn't consider that because of steroids would say it's Hank Aaron at 755. So he was about, you know, 125, 130 away from being the all-time home run leader. From 2002 through 2004, so three seasons, he suffered injuries in back-to-back-to-back years when he got traded to the Reds. And he only played in 226 games in those three seasons. So he barely played a season and a half total in three years. He had 10 gold gloves from 1993 to 2000. He only had one season in which he didn't hit 40 home runs. So, you know, if he plays some of those seasons, like I just mentioned, between 2002 to 2004, if he hits 40 home runs for three, four more years, he breaks, you know, Hank Aaron and Barry Bonds' records for the all-time home run leader. Um, he only had six seasons, or excuse me, he had six seasons with less than 100 games played. Like, imagine the amount of game or home runs and RBIs he would have had had he gotten to play in more games. He'd easily be the home run leader all time. He'd be in some elite company with guys that had 2,000 hits, um, the amount of or over 500 home runs, you know, among the elite elite. And I think people love Ken Griffey Jr., but I don't think people put his name in the conversation with the Hank Aarons, the Barry Bonds of the world as far as 
hitting home runs. And it's a shame that they don't because he easily would have broken that record had he not gotten hurt. And I also think getting traded to Cincinnati was something that kind of had a big impact on him. I mean, he was Seattle through and through, and it was cool to see him at the end of his career be able to go back. But um, for those three seasons to start off with the Reds, they weren't great by any stretch. And you just have to wonder what he would have been able to accomplish. Um, Part of me wants to say he'd be in the conversation for greatest player of all time had he not gotten hurt. Um, I wasn't around to see the early, early eras of baseball with the Hank Aarons of the world, with the Joe DiMaggio's, um, you know, those guys. Um, and I really can't make an accurate assessment because I didn't get to see any of those guys play Jackie Robinson. Um, so to me, I think Ken Griffey, who was one of my personal favorites growing up, um, I would have loved to have seen him play more games to really cement his legacy as one of the greatest of all time. And I'm not going to say that his name's never not brought up in those conversations, but I guarantee you would be brought up a ton more had he gotten to play a lot more games. But that's going to do it as far as the injury portion of this part goes. Like I said before, tons more players. Like I said, Derrick Rose. Um, you can talk about Bo Jackson. Um, you know, other NFL players whose careers got cut short. NHL players. Like I said, Bobby Orr, a guy who could have even been better than what he already was um, if he didn't have concussion issues either. Paul Correa, another guy. But um, as far as the sporting news goes around, you know, just the leagues today, the Philadelphia Phillies and Tampa Bay Lightning um, had some players and staff test positive for COVID. So um, the Lightning's training facility got shut down. The Phillies were closing their camp. And then just a few hours ago, uh, the Dean Blue Jays, which is like the affiliate for the Toronto Blue Jays, they shut down their camp because they're right down the road from where the Phillies were training in Clearwater, Florida. Um, so it's going to be interesting. You know, Ezekiel Elliott also just got tested positive for COVID for the NFL. Uh, it's going to be just weird to see what's going to happen going forward because obviously the players have to isolate themselves now. And it's just one of those that it's getting to the point where I really don't know what to think anymore because no one wants to live their life in fear and we can't just for the next two to three years or however long it could last just sit inside and do nothing and cancel people's jobs and not let kids go to school and learn because it's just not it's not going to be able to work like there are certain kids that don't have the technology to do homeschooling. Parents can't just quit their jobs to homeschool their kids. Um, Do you want to have people wearing masks the rest of your life? Like there's things out there that you have to consider. And people have already talked about how masks actually, some say don't help because you're just breathing in whatever you're putting into your mask. And, you know, there's conflicting reports now every month of, Originally was you if you catch you can catch COVID by touching surfaces now you like can't or it's really a lot less likely than they thought at first, and obviously they're still working on a vaccine and everything. But it's one of those that you can't just get cooped up in your house because you have to go outside and be around and be around people and build immunity by 
letting your body be in the air and you know produce antibodies to fight it and I think Richard Sherman said it the other day when Justina Anderson talked about it in the NFL is that you can't expect 20 and 30 year olds in their prime of their lives as far as partying in the social era to just sit inside for the next year two years same thing with adults like you can't just expect them not to work you can't expect kids to not play with their friends it's just one of those that yes people are going to die and yes people are going to be at risk but if you can take the proper precautions and do what you can to stay your six feet if you feel uncomfortable wear your mask i just don't think that you can be shutting down the world or shutting down sports every single time a player gets tested positive for it because there's probably players that have had it that don't know it because you know their body just killed it off and they felt like it was a regular cold and i just think that if you're going to shut it down or isolate players every single time it happens it's just i don't really know because i feel like a lot of players could say they could play through it and yes you're get or i guess the big issue is you're putting others at risk um but it's one of those that as a world it, it comes a point in time where there's other bigger pictures going on in the world besides covid um and you've seen that with all the protests going on that no one's really talking about covid as much anymore but it's just interesting to see i don't really want to get too much deeper into that um kind of tired talking about it it'll just be interesting to see how the leaks handle it but um, the other bigger news in the world is the MLB getting closer and closer to finally getting a deal. The MLB proposed a 60-game schedule, which the players counteroffered with 70 games, in which there would be $50 million in playoff bonuses, a 50-50 split of TV revenue in postseason play, salary forgiveness for Tier 1 through 3 players, a universal DH and mutual waiver grievance policy, um, which... NFL owners and stuff rejected as well so we are getting closer um, I think it will end up being excuse me the 60 game schedule just because the owners and you know the league commissioner is just gonna eventually probably get their way but the positive note is we are getting closer to an MLB season um, hope everyone's staying safe and healthy it's gonna do it for this episode as I said before please go give at English Encore podcast a follow on Instagram like I said, I'm going to be changing up my schedule. No live stream um, on the podcast for my Instagram tomorrow or Sunday because of Father's Day. I'll be having two next week, one on Wednesday, one on Sunday. I'll be announcing my guest for Wednesday in just a little bit. So go and check out my podcast Instagram page. Give it a follow and watch some great content. You can check out all my previous Instagram live sessions on IGTV or other posts down in my timeline. That's going to do it for today's episode. I'll be back on Monday. I'll be talking about Kim Pagula um, and Terry Pagula firing Jason Bottle. The Sabres always keep me on my toes. And they pretty much got rid of the entire organization worth of workers. And I was not happy about it. And I'm pretty much going to have another Sabres rant because the Sabres are the only thing giving me a lot of Buffalo content. And then I forgot to talk about it last week. I wanted to kind of get more thoughts um, before I said anything about Jake Fromm. So um, I finally digested my thoughts and what I want to say about that. So I'll be talking about that on Monday as well. Uh, this is Nick English signing out. This is English Encore Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. <laughs>